Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You can draw a line. All right, it's 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 not a it's not a straight line, but you can draw a line from Albuquerque to Maine. I don't know. Pick your town in Maine. I guess draw the line there. And you will see nothing but snow and cold and freezing rain all the way across the line. And of course, for us, Indiana got smacked with a fair amount of it. But maybe not as much as was expected. How do those things change? Because those initial reports... We were going to see 13 hours of nonstop snow. It was going to be 9,000 feet. Okay, four to eight inches. They were, there was a prediction of nine inches. It was a fair amount of snow. But what are we dealing with now? What is it that we got? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Marcus Bailey joins us right now, meteorologist over at Wish TV, wishtv.com. Uh, uh, this certainly wasn't an average snowfall. Hey, we're expecting snow. It was a, hey, everybody, brace for something big here. Uh, how did it turn out in relationship to what was expected? Uh, hey, Tony, good to be with you. It, you know, obviously it was on the, the lower end. You, you mentioned that four to eight that we were, that we were kind of looking at and kind of got to that more four-inch range in, in some of those areas where we had the warning. Um, and it, it really came mostly in kind of a – about a two-hour window when it really piled up um, in that seven, eight, nine o'clock hour, where we had some pretty intense snow bands. In fact, um, we had something that's fairly rare. We had some thunder snow. We had some lightning reports and thunder, which would indicate that there are some really intense bands there. Um, and so that's kind of how it played out. Now, a lot of it was brought down just due to. The temperature, we were just above, just above freezing. There was a ton of moisture content. Um, and if we were a couple of degrees colder, you'd be probably talking a different story in terms of accumulation. Um, so impressive that we were even able to squeeze out four inches of accumulation, considering that we have been basically above freezing for this entire event. This whole thing started, you know, when, when I talk about you can draw that line, um, mm -hmm. coming from, from New Mexico and working its way uh, forward, uh, there's, you know, for all the talk of weather related this and and climate mm -hmm. that though the political stuff is not why, why I talk to you, uh, Marcus. I talk to you because you're a fantastic conversationalist and you know things uh, that that I don't. Is this just standard uh, kind of things, or is there something special in the air that created a very long line of storms and snow uh, that's still working its way through? Well, so here I'll, I'll, I'll go back to my meteorology 101 class for you here, Tony. So the one thing that we always looked at, got Ball State University, there's, there's really kind of two types of winter systems that we get, right? Um, one we call an Alberta clipper. It comes from Canada, doesn't have a lot of moisture content. It's usually a quick hitter, usually some very fine powdery snow, and it's followed by a shot of colder air. The other, which was this type of system, we, we call it a panhandle hook. The reason why we call that is it originates around the panhandle of Texas. And these usually will have a lot more moisture content, why you're drawing it in from the Gulf of Mexico. And it, it comes with its issues because you're drawing in some warmer air. you got to have warmer air to draw in a lot more moisture. 
There was severe weather going on along the Gulf Coast with this same complex. And on the back end, you were getting some colder temperatures that were transitioning that over to snow. What made this one a little more unique than some usual storms that we would see that would give us a pretty good thump of snow, you didn't get the Arctic air wrapping in back behind. Why? I'm not entirely sure. We've been pretty mild for the month of January, at least here in central Indiana. It's going to, at this point, we're kind of in top five. Uh, territory of warmest Januarys on record. So that may play a little part of it, and that's just kind of the pattern that we've been in. But because we weren't getting that really, really cold air wrapping in back behind Tony, um, that's why you didn't see some of the higher numbers, at least here in central Indiana, because we never got that, that significant drop in temperatures in parts of the state to really allow for some of those higher snow ratios to really pile up and see those seven, eight, nine plus inches of snow which was definitely in play we had the moisture there we just did not have uh, enough cold air to really transition uh, to get some of that finer powdery snow to pile up talking to marcus bailey meteorologist with wish tv here in indianapolis uh so so this is it this is going to filter out and then we might see a little bit of snow in in, in throughout indiana parts of the midwest uh tomorrow and then it's just back to uh, a little bit of gray uh, for us, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's hope for April and really May really soon. <laughs> that's that's basically where we're at, right? Um, I mean, here's the thing, though. The thing that uh, that you, you always you worry about is you get a pattern flip kind of coming up sometimes. We're, we're, we're starting to see that potentially next week, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, going back to what I just previously said, you know, we've been so mild for the, the you know, two-thirds of the month of January, uh, ranking in the top five of warmest on record. Um, but you know that the, the other shoe's got to drop at some point. This is winter after no, all. No, it doesn't. And so, you don't have I to mean, do that. I'd rather it not. I'm, I'm right there with you. But here's the thing, Tony. I'd rather it happen now than have it happen when you know we're already eyes to spring. It seems like the last several winters, our winters start late and they end Late, And I'd rather not have that happen when we're having to deal with snow and cold in the middle of April. So I'd rather have that kind of a pattern flip coming up at the end of January and into February. We may start to get some of those colder temperatures following a very weak system on Sunday uh, with highs that uh, won't be frigid, uh, but maybe struggling to get to the freezing mark starting on Monday. And we may kind of hang out there for at least the end of the month. So some colder temperatures, something that's been lacking for much of the month, probably heading our way next week. You know, I, I bring you on to kind of explain things, and you ruin everything. That's cold, <laughs> I mean, frigid. Listen, I, wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't, you know, the bearer of bad news. That's just that's part of being a wow. Midwest meteorologist, Tony. Well, <laughs> we, we all have dreams, and I'm so that's glad right. you are still striving for yours. That's right. What a, what a, what a gig. What a gig. Marcus Bailey, meteorologist, Wish TV. I appreciate you taking the time. I have got more. Keep it right here, guys. I'm Tony Katz. I know it breaks your heart. Move to the city in a broke down Speaker McCarthy is right, and Congresswoman Victoria Sparks is wrong. And that's it. She's wrong. And I got it. I'm, I'm shocked by her statement. In that, does she not understand what's happening here? This, she, she isn't engaging in bipartisanship here. She's missing the very, very important moment. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.locals.com.
Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, both congressmen from California, kicked off their committees, the House Intelligence Committee. Adam Schiff is a liar. Lied about what he knew about the Russia investigation. Lied about things Devin Nunez, uh, who was in charge of uh, intel until the Democrats took power. Lied. Eric Swalwell had connections to a Chinese spy. These are the facts as presented. It's not really a debate. And Kevin McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, has been very clear. They're not going on the Intel Committee. I think he's allowing them on other committees, which I think is a shame. They shouldn't be allowed committees at all. But you've got this... People are very impressed right now with McCarthy on this one. He's he's earning uh, the respect after the very drawn-out, protracted, bitter battle to become Speaker, where he, he gave up a lot. He, he He's on a razor's edge. But this was something we knew he was going to handle, and he's handling it well. So you've got reporters that are asking him about why isn't this one on the committee or that one on the committee, meaning Swalwell and, and Schiff, and what about this and what about that? And, uh, you know, normally I've got my setup where I, I, I'm playing everything and starting and stopping. But, of course, I'm, I'm out of town. And that was, that was always the plan. Uh, and so so uh, Kylan is running the board, so I'm going to be telling her to start and to stop. So it's, it sounds weird, you know. It's just, it's just the way it goes. So Speaker McCarthy is answering some reporters' questions. And reporters are asking and pressing and not giving him a chance to answer. And it starts like this. Well, let me be very... He's gone elected by his district. So, okay, let, let me be very clear and respectful to you. You ask me a question. When I answer it, it's the answer to your question. You don't get to determine whether I answer your question or not, okay? In Hold all it. respect. Stop right there. That is an incredible response. That is setting the tone for what's about to come. Reporters deciding you're not answering my question. You gave him no time to answer the question. And he's saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I answered the way I want to answer it, which is correct. From there, Speaker McCarthy goes to it. Play it, Kylan. No, no. Let's answer her question. You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the Intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, he came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower Hold came up right forward, there. he said... That is how you take somebody down. I got to admit, you got to admit, it's very impressive. What he's talking about, DNI, Director of National Intelligence. These are the things that Adam Schiff did. 
He's not a decent guy, and he's on Twitter, and he's complaining, and he's teary-eyed. I've been kicked off the committee. This is petty politics because of the investigation into Donald Trump. Petty politics, baby. You invented the game. Petty politics. Petty politics was Harry Reid, the late senator from Nevada, engaging the nuclear option. And it was Mitch McConnell who said, you will regret this. No filibuster, 50 plus one votes to get something done. You will regret this. And sure enough, Supreme Court justices came into play and Democrats regretted it. There was going to be an argument that Democrats can do it, but Republicans can't. Well, isn't that always the argument? When Democrats do it, they're saving the nation. When Republicans do it, it is disgusting in the end of times. There is a large swath of the new Republicans. We'll call them that for for now. For now, we'll call them that. Who look at this and say, this is extremely important. The left needs to learn that the days of doing things without ramifications are over. The days of you slapping the right around and the right saying, thank you, sir, can I have another, are over. We're done with this crazy. You do it to us, we're going to do it to you four times as hard. You'll learn not to do it. You'll learn. Schiff and Swalwell are learning. But McCarthy wasn't done. Keep it going, Kylan. Whistleblower came forward. He said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So, no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So, yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel because it goes to the national security of America. And I will always put them first. All right. And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell, because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing, and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the intel committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with the Chinese spy. They brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there, that committee. And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. So this has nothing to do with Santos. Santos is not on the Intel Committee. But you know what? Those voters elected Schiff, even though he lied. Those voters elected Swalwell, even though he lied to the American public, too. So you know what? I'll respect his voters, too, and they'll serve on committees. But they will not serve on a place that has national security reverence because integrity matters to me. That's the answer to your question. Damn! Uh, McCarthy just got himself a lot of love in that spot. A tremendous amount of love. Uh, Santos, by the way, refers to George Santos, the Republican from New York, who's clearly lied about everything. I mean, he's lied about everything. It's kind of unbelievable. But that's Schiff and that's Swalwell. And as I've discussed liars, if we want to kick liars out of Congress, which I'm fine with, uh, Elizabeth Warren goes because she's not Native American. 
And Richard Blumenthal out of Connecticut, the senator there goes because he lied about serving in Vietnam. I mean, we're going to get rid of liars. We're going to get rid of all of them. Swalwell and Schiff included. Now, Victoria Sparts is the congresswoman from the 5th District of Indiana. Full disclosure, my congresswoman. I'm going to say it again for the people in the cheap seats. Congresswoman Victoria Sparts is wrong. We're not disagreeing here. I will tell her when I see her or I speak to her. She is wrong. She thinks it's wrong what Kevin McCarthy is doing. She put out a statement. Speaker Pelosi took unprecedented actions last Congress to remove Representatives Green and Gosar, Margaret Taylor Green and Paul Gosar, from their committees without due process. Speaker McCarthy is taking unprecedented actions this Congress to deny some committee assignments to the minority without proper due process again. As I spoke against it on the House floor two years ago, I will not support the charade again. Speaker McCarthy needs to stop bread and circuses in Congress and start governing for a change. Representative Victoria Sparks is wrong. This was a foolhardy statement, not connected to the facts. She is engaged in a conversation of being above it all when she doesn't understand what the it is. Adam Schiff lied repeatedly. We all saw it. We all witnessed it. You don't reward a liar with the Intel Committee. You cannot trust a liar. Would you trust George Santos, Representative Santos? That's what I thought. And Eric Swalwell is a national security risk. Am I to believe now that I don't believe the briefing? Yes, it's the FBI. I will question everything they do. But it is obvious and clear that there's connection to a Chinese spy. So whether you want to discuss these things from its purely analytical, from its safety and security measures, or from the political, this is what happens. You have to learn. There are two ways in which this is the right move from Kevin McCarthy and two ways in which you, Representative Sparks, are wrong. Stop being wrong. Oh my gosh, I am in a mood. I, 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 it, it all goes back to the classified document thing. Uh, I'm, I'm out of my head. I'm out of my head about it. I'm just tired of people being fools. This is a foolhardy statement from Representative Sparks. My member of Congress, I like her. You often hear me say that. I like her. I, I think she has created an issue for herself vis-a-vis uh, -vis Ukraine because I think her, her statements haven't been clear. I think she's muddied her own waters there, which is unfortunate, and I think she can undo it. And then there was a little bit where she wasn't voting for a speaker. She was just voting present. They were voting for Speaker of the House, and she votes present. You're like, what's, 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 what's going on? What, what is happening here? And now this, this is not a, hey, look at me, I'm a, I'm a maverick. This was not the maverick move. This was a mistake. And now you're on the record with this, claiming that the speaker is engaged in politics. First of all, what do you think you're doing? What do you think it's all, so much of this is? You want to do away with the politics? That's fine. There are still legitimate reasons to keep them from the Intel Committee. And notice it's not all committees. Speaker Pelosi did that. There is no comparison. There's a time to fight, Representative Sparks, and I'll be with you at that time. You picked the wrong time. Big mistake. TonyCats.Locals.com. TonyCats on Twitter. TonyCats on Instagram. Yeah, find me. I'll say hi.
This is Tony Katz today. Damn these ratings, kids. I'm not talking about our ratings. Our ratings are pretty spectacular. I'm talking about CNN. Holy cow right here. This is this is, this is some bad stuff. I, no wonder they're making changes, but they're not making changes fast enough, and they should, and they could, and they can, but they don't. Why not? Why not? This is just, this is just super ugly. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.Locals.com. So taking a look at uh, the cable news rankings for, so these are like two weeks ago. Yeah, and they just came out the other day. I want to go over this with you and why it matters. If you take a look at the top 10 shows in cable news, all of them are Fox News shows. It starts with the five. Then it's Tucker Carlson. Then it's uh, Jesse Waters, primetime. Then it's Brett Baer. Then Sean Hannity, then Gutfeld, then Outnumbered, then uh, America's Newsroom. They're, they're actually twice on the list. Uh, that's with uh, Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer. And then Julie Banderas. I don't even know what show she's doing, but she's on the list as well. And you look at these numbers. These numbers are stunning. The Five gets 3.469 million viewers. Beating out Tucker, who gets 3,081,000 viewers. I mean, it's it's quite incredible. And you know that The Five was created on a lark. It, it, was, it was a time filler. They didn't know what they were going to do as they were moving things around. That's when they got rid of Shep, right? Shepard Smith. And so they said, all right, you guys, you do a show. And it's now the juggernaut. The five, Tucker, Jesse Waters, Special Report, Hannity, Gutfeld, Outnumbered, America's Newsroom, uh, Harris Faulkner at number nine. I know it said Julie Menderes, but it's Harris Faulkner. Uh, and then uh, America's Newsroom again. And then after that, it goes into Laura Ingram and Neil Cavuto, uh, Martha McCallum and Fox and Friends. Uh, and then America Reports, which is that afternoon show with Sandra Smith and, and John Roberts. I wonder how Laura Ingram is doing. Laura Ingram is not in the top 10. Now, maybe she was on vacation that week. There, there, there could have been a whole series of things I don't have an answer for. I, I've never had, I haven't had anybody tell me that Laura's time is past due on Fox. The only thing I know about Laura Ingram is that if you ask people in radio, uh, she, being her producer, was the toughest job in all of radio. Yeah, that is the only thing I have ever heard with any level of consistency. Being her producer, hardest job in radio. That's that's where I leave it. But she seems to just, you know, everything just seems to be swimming along at Fox. I haven't had any, I don't have any reason to think there's an issue there in the slightest. Fox covers the first 17 spots. At number 18 comes uh, a, uh, comes uh, what you call it, uh, Christopher Hayes, MSNBC, with 1.188 million people. 
And it goes down from there with Joy Reid getting 900,000 viewers a night. Joy Bigot Reid has 900,000 viewers a night? Ah, that is that is super impressive and awfully frightening. That is super impressive. Just to, to, to put it in perspective for a moment. Chris Hayes, who is right now the star of that network because Rachel Maddow uh, has basically left, is 1.188. Ari Melber is 1.1 million. Lawrence O'Donnell is a million seventy-one thousand. Alex Wagner, who took over for Maddow, uh, and, you know, on her show, uh, she doesn't get a million people. And then uh, comes Joy Reid at nine hundred five thousand, followed by Morning Joe at seven hundred fifty to eight hundred thousand people. Remember, Morning Joe used to be a really important show, and then Joe Scarborough was like, yeah. Let's ruin that. And he did. He ruined that. After you get through all that, including Stephanie Rule, you get into CNN with Jake Tapper being the top person at CNN. And his number is 687,000 people. His two hours between 680 and 687,000 people. That's how poorly CNN is doing. And you go all the way down to CNN this morning, which uh, gets about, gets really less than 400,000 people uh, in in two of the hours. So 400,000 people overall. Anderson Cooper, 467,000 people. As the guys over there at the lid.com, lidblog.com pointed out, CNN's ratings do not equal the ratings of one Fox show. And so they, they, they did the math and they're like, yeah, if you were to add up this, 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 and this, right? The original article is from uh, Brad Slager, very nice guy over at Red State. If you were to take a look and, and, and add it all up, they don't get over at CNN to the place of, of a top-rated Fox show. Now, CNN is still handily beating uh, the people over there at Newsmax, and the big story from Newsmax is that DirecTV dropped them. Oh, yeah, it's an issue. It's a thing. Direct TV dropped Newsmax. It's like, well, you can always stream it live at Newsmax.tv. But why did, why did they drop them? News, uh, Direct TV is saying, well, they wanted to renegotiate and they wanted a whole bunch of money and we just weren't going to give money for that cable news. So that's it. And that's, of course, what a lot of the news outlets do and sports outlets do. Hey, you're getting all this money from your subscribers. We want to... We want to have a little piece of that. We want to have a little taste of that. Newsmax wanted this deal and DirecTV said, nah. Now, is that cover for, hey, we have a chance to drop a conservative news outlet. Let's go do that. Sure. I mean, I'll totally believe it even if I can't prove it. Which is, of course, a problem because I can't 
prove it. But am I totally willing to believe it? Yes. If in a couple of years the data comes out, a story comes out, the email comes out, uh, there will be no surprise. There will be no surprise that that's the case. Newsmax, which for the most part is beating News Nation because they're the newest. They're the newest. Chris Cuomo on News Nation, 115,000 viewers. 115,000 viewers. Um, not good. It's not good stuff. Uh, it's better, though, than almost all the rest of the News Nation lineup. Their rush hour, their primetime show, their, their 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock show gets the, the, the most numbers at 100 and, was it 125,000, 150,000. I find that interesting. I mean, everyone right now over at News Nation is having a, a hard time. Uh, Dan Abrams, Leland Vittert, who, who's, who's a friend, you know that, Marnie Hughes, um, uh, their, their, their morning show. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's rough. The morning show over there at News Nation gets 19,000 people. That's really, really rough. But it's going to take some time. I mean, they're, they're what? They're, they're two years old? Uh, ask me when they're 12 years old. And what do we think? You know, but you take uh, something like uh, Greta Van Susteren on Newsmax, 186,000. You, you would think you'd be in a better place. You would think that Newsmax would have been in a better place already. Uh, losing DirecTV uh, makes it a lot harder. Makes it a lot rougher. And I'm not, I'm not bagging on... Newsmax, I, I appear on Newsmax. I'm a, I'm a weekly regular on Newsmax. I'm just saying this this deal, this, the losing DirecTV is going to hurt what is already a very tough slog. And some of it might very well be the deal and be the money. Oh, yeah, of course, it has to do with them being conservatives. But let's go back to CNN, which has been in this business long enough to realize that they're doing poorly. They're doing poorly, and they were going to make all these changes, and nothing's working. Why is that? Why are you so losing to MSNBC? Why are you so getting your butt kicked by MSNBC? I can make sense of why you lose to Fox. It's the dominant player, and there are so many other places where you can get liberal talk and liberal news. You don't have to go to to MSNBC or CNN. I get it. You can go to a myriad of other places and get the same leftist talking space. There are very few places where you can get conservative talking space. In TV, radio, we got you covered. And yet radio, uh, better than ever. So what does CNN do now? Do they realize that they're in they're 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 not turning it around and they're not going to turn it around tomorrow and they're not going to turn it around next year they're not going to turn it around with who they have which is so amazing because MSNBC with some of the radical leftists they have people like Nicole Wallace remember when Nicole Wallace claimed to be a republican oh yeah it was a it was a good time she is she is disgusting right now disgusting Dear Lord, enjoy reading. This is your lineup. This is crazy. This is ugly stuff. Shameful, shameful stuff.
but they have this real lock on the left of center space. Well, whether you and I agree or disagree with the left of center space, politically, let's not deny that it's a pretty good business model. That could work for them. They may be well under Fox, but they could have enough viewers to keep things moving if they're the dominant player in the space and thought of that way and are then able to charge advertisers for those eyeballs. Where the hell does that leave CNN? Because they're too big of an operation to be in the 500,000s and think that everything's okay. They got to be playing in the million pluses. Remember, it's cable news. It's certainly never going to get as big of an audience as, as network. Because not many people have cable, especially now you've got nine streaming services, but you don't specifically have cable. Yes, you can get some of these things on your streaming services, but honestly, who the hell wants to watch news these days? Which is another part of this. These are they're, they're all fighting an uphill battle not only against each other, but against the idea that you don't want to watch the stuff. I understand all too well that when I'm talking about a subject you don't want to hear anymore, you get to change the station and go listen to whatever it is you listen to, whatever the music is. I don't know if it's Led Zeppelin. I don't know if it's Taylor Swift. I'm not judging. I'm saying you change the station. How many people are like, yeah, I can't watch cable news anymore. It makes my blood boil. You know how many times I hear that a day, a week, a month? It's a lot. You understand I appear on cable news. I don't watch. I don't watch cable news. That stuff's crazy. I mean, when I'm on, it's pretty awesome. All the other times, it's nuts. Who wants to be around it? So angry, so bitter, so vitriolic. Ugh, that's the way a lot of Americans feel. And they just dismiss it. So CNN has to be able to fight MSNBC or realize they're not in that leftist business and figure out their niche. And they haven't done that yet. They have to fight having a staff that America clearly is not into. And then they have to fight two other networks nipping at their heels and trying to build themselves up along with an America that is more apt to turn off cable news than it is to endure their nonsense. Holy cow, that's some bad news, kids. That is bad, bad news for them CNN folk. Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of guys. I honestly hope Chris Licht turns it around, and I honestly hope he's looking for better people to be hosts who would have interesting conversations, and you better believe I'd take that gig. Oh, I, I ain't leaving Indianapolis. I'm not, I'm not leaving radio, but I'm totally doing that. I'm Tony Katz. So I don't know if the markets are going to stay down or not, but this is all because of Microsoft. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, when the Dow was down over 300 at one point. I mean, I I just don't know where it is right now because I don't have I don't have everything that I usually have because, you know, I'm down in Florida right now, but Microsoft just uh, did something to the bed that was not nice. Uh, What they refer to over there at CNBC as lackluster guidance. 
and everything else is falling behind it. Uh, you guys know that follow the leader often, often happens where you see one place be like, well, it's not going to be great. And then everybody else is like, oh, I guess it's going to be bad, too. You guys know how that goes. This market could turn around tomorrow. One of the things that's pretty interesting right now is that there are more people getting mortgages right now than there have been in months because, well, rates dropped. And rates dropped and people are like, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's get to it. Now is the time. If you jump now before it's too late because Laura only knows what's going to happen when the Fed does it again, raises interest rates again because they will. Because they will, because they said they would and they're not lying. The administration and others can talk about inflation slowing from now until the end of time. Jerome Powell was clear. He's not falling into the Paul Volcker trap. We're going old school here on the on the Federal Reserve. He is going to raise interest rates until this inflation stops. Translation, beatings will continue until morale improves. So, yeah, people are very right, very right to jump in now and be like, I'll, I'll take the mortgage now and we'll at least be in the house. We, we got a little bit better of a deal and we'll end up refinancing somewhere down the road. That is, I, I would argue, the smart play, the very, very smart play. TonyCats.Locals.com. Find it all, guys. TonyCats.Locals.com. This is Tony Katz today. Tony Katz today.